Hey, Heart of the City Church family and all of our new family members from all around the world, all around the nation that have been joining with us online. We're so glad that you're with us. Uh, I believe that I have a word from God's heart just for you, wherever you're at today. And so I'm excited to be with you. I'm excited to be with my socially distanced friends here on the stage. And uh, we're going to jump right into the Bible. But i got to tell you a story first. I had the privilege of going to visit a church in Portland, Oregon, a couple years ago. And I was hanging out with the pastor, and I went in the lead pastor's office, and I noticed over in the corner, there was this golden telephone, like one of those old ones, you know, the, the spin dial. I know the kids don't even know what that is, but something called a landline. It's like a cell phone, but you plug it into the wall. Anyway, it was golden, and I said to the pastor, I said, hey, what's that phone over there in the corner? And he said, oh, that phone is really special. That's the phone that goes directly to heaven. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I said, for real? He said, yeah. When, when I, <laughs> this is true. He said, when I really need to hear from God, I use that phone, but I, I use it sparingly because it's, it's $10,000 a minute. I said, wow, that's expensive, but if you really got to get God's heart on something. And so he said, I use it, but sparingly because it's so expensive. I said, man, that's really awesome. A couple months later, I went to a, a church down in Texas and there was a, another pastor who had the similar phone in his office. I was like, wow, you got one of those cool God phones too? He said, oh yeah. I said, so you probably don't use it very often you know, because it's so expensive to use. And he said, no, I, I talk to God all the time on it, like every day. I said, well, isn't it like $10,000 a minute? And he said, no, 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 it's free here. It's a local call. <laughs> okay, there's not enough laughs. Hey, isn't it? <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we could get a hold of God that easily? Isn't it, isn't it true that sometimes, though not quite like that, isn't it true that sometimes it seems like there's some people in this world that have a more direct access to God? It's like almost like some people, they really hear from the Holy Spirit, and sometimes for, for some of us, it's difficult to hear from God. We spend time praying, and sometimes it just feels like our words just hit the ceiling and fall back down, and we listen, and we don't know if what we're hearing is our own thoughts in our head, or, or if we're really hearing from God, and it's difficult. And so I'm really excited in this series that we're in. Uh, it's called You Asked For It, and what you guys asked for is this question right here, how to hear from God. And I think that that's an amazing thing for you to ask, because it's, it is I, in my opinion, one of the most important topics all throughout scripture, we see it even in the very beginning of the biblical narrative that Adam and Eve had an option to listen and, and hear from God and obey his voice. And so I'm so glad that you asked that question. I wanna read this, this passage real quick. Uh, Jesus even emphasizes this. He says, my sheep will hear my voice. I will know them and they will follow me. I will give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And so this is an important subject to hear from God. I, I think it's awesome that Jesus didn't say that my sheep or my followers uh, might be able to hear from me or, or they, they can hear from me. It's a foregone conclusion. He says, my sheep, they will hear from me. And so that's what, that's what we have access to is God's voice. And so I thank you for asking this question uh, today. I'm excited. Now, now as we jump into this uh, text, and you, if you have a Bible with you, if you would join with, with me in turning to Deuteronomy chapter 1, 
Uh, it's in the Old Testament, so just hang a left as you're opening that thing, and it's near the front, Deuteronomy chapter one. We're gonna be there in a second, but I just wanna preface by saying this. What you asked for, many of you asked for, is something to do with how do I hear from God more? And as I was seeking God this week, I just want you all to know, uh, any of us when we preach, we don't just think, oh, what's gonna be, you know, what's gonna sound cool or, or you know, what's, what's the preacher down the street or that, that cool preacher on Instagram preaching? What we do, at least in this house, is we ourselves, we go to God in prayer and we say, God, I need to hear from you because this people need to hear from you. And so I just want you to know that as much as you're asking about hearing from God, I went to him this week to hear from him and I believe that I did and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna approach this subject from kind of a different angle, and uh, maybe not what you would expect, but I, I think that there's um, something from heaven right for you. So I'm gonna give you my title uh, today, and it's a little different. Um, and so if you're writing, taking notes, just write this title down. It's A Word for Will or A Word for Way. I know that that's a long, a long title, but... Um, it's gonna make sense, and I want, you to, I want you to at least hear that title because it's kind of the thing that's gonna tie this message together today. And so let's pray together, and then we're gonna jump into Deuteronomy chapter one. Lord, I thank you for every person that's joining us, wherever they're at geographically, and wherever they're at on their journey with you. We thank you that you have a plan for their life. We thank you that, that nobody that's watching and listening to this is here by accident. Maybe they just feel like they stumbled across this, somebody shared it on Facebook or they saw it on YouTube or whatever. I believe that every person is listening to this for a reason. It's divine conspiracy. And so Lord, wherever they're at today, I ask in Jesus' name that you would speak to them and that they would hear from you. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. So let me just uh, fill you in and bring you up to speed on where we're going to pick up in the biblical narrative because it's important. Uh, so in the very beginning, the, the, the first book in the Bible, Genesis, we see that it was with God's words and his voice that he spoke and, and all of creation heard his voice and came into being. And so it was with God's words that he created everything that he created. It wasn't with tools. It wasn't with his biceps. It was with his words. And so even from the very beginning, the God speaks to humanity, his, his crown creation, and he speaks to Adam and Eve, and he gives them an option to listen to his voice. He's inviting humanity from the very beginning to listen to his heart and his commandments for us were not just rules and regulations just to see if we'd follow them. It was his heart for us. And so from the very beginning, he established that we would hear from him and that we would obey and that it would be for our good and for his glory at the same time. It's a beautiful thing. And the narrative continues and this thing called sin enters the world. And how? Because humanity listened to a different voice other than God. It says that this serpent showed up and, and he said to Adam and Eve, did God really say to you that you can't eat of any tree in the garden? And he, he speaks deception into their hearts with his voice, with his words. And so from the very beginning, it was a, a battle and a war of what voice am I gonna listen to? What voice am I gonna trust? What voice am I going to obey? 
And so as uh, this thing called sin does in our life, and you've probably experienced it, things just get worse when we turn from God. Things get worse when we don't listen to God. And so this happened, and, and some good things happened and some bad things happened. And at one particular point in history, uh, the Israelites, God's people, find themselves in slavery in this land called Egypt. You may have heard the story before, the story of Moses coming in and Pharaoh and the plagues and, and all of those things happen. And all throughout this process, there's a God that says, I want my people to hear from me. I wanna show up in a real way. And so it even says this in Exodus chapter three, that, that God saw his people, he heard their cries and he came down and he sent Moses. And surely all of the land heard from this God when he sent plague number one, plague number two, plague number three, all the way up through the 10th plague when finally God shows up and delivers his people out of Egypt in an amazing way. Surely in this time, God's people were hearing from him in a powerful way. And so you probably heard this story. God leads them out of Egypt through the Red Sea into the wilderness. And it was during this time in the biblical narrative that for the first time in the history of the world, God's people really heard from his heart in a very precise way. So the, you know, Moses leads the people to the base of Mount Sinai, and it was at this place that God sends all of his commandments, all of his heart, his words, his voice, because he wanted the people to know what his thoughts were and what his plans were for them. And so God's plan was taking them out of their slavery to lead them in a short season through the wilderness, but to take them to a promised land. You probably remember the story, right? And it wasn't supposed to take that long. They were supposed to leave Egypt, hear from God, know what he had for them, and then enter right into the promised land. And so they get to the edge, and where we're gonna pick up today in this text is actually a recounting of what took place when they get to the edge of the land. And so Deuteronomy actually means the second giving of the law because uh, what happened is they got to the edge of the land and they didn't trust God's word and they didn't enter the land and so what happened is they wandered around in the desert for 40 years until almost everybody died and so where we're picking up today in this in the text is Moses giving God's voice and his word and his desires for the people a second time Deuteronomy, a second giving of the law. And so let's pick it up here. Deuteronomy chapter one, uh, starting in verse 19, it says this. He's, he's retelling the Israelites to remember what happened. He says, then we set out, set out from Horeb and we went through the great and terrifying wilderness that you saw. And on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, that's the place that God was telling him to go. As the Lord our God commanded us, that's his voice, right? God commanded them to go and take this land. And we came to Kadesh Barnea, and I said to you, you have come to the hill country of the Amorites, which the Lord our God is giving us. See, the Lord our God has set the land before you. Go up and take possession as the Lord, the God of your fathers has told you. This is what he's already spoken to you. In other words, he's saying, remember when you already heard his voice? Remember when you heard what he told you already? He told you to go in this land because he's given it to you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Then all of you came to me and you said, let us send men before us that they may explore the land for us and they may bring us word again of the way by which we must go. 
and the cities to which we shall come. Now watch this. This first term right here is a word for his will. This is a description of of Moses saying, God has already told us what his will is. When we hear his voice, it's for usually the primary purpose of him expressing to us what he desires for us. And so Moses is reminding them what they already heard, what they already knew was his will. They already got a word for his will. They didn't need to ask for another word for his will. They didn't need to get on their knees and pray again, God, what is your will? They already heard it, right? They already knew what he wanted for them. He gave them a word for what his will was. So then they get to the edge of the land and they say, well, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why don't we send some men in and spy it out just because we want them to bring back word, something we can hear, just so we know the way. So this right here is a word for the way. And I think this is important to note that there's a distinction between the two. And they were looking, uh, shouldn't have been looking for a word or to hear from his will because they already heard it. But as they got to the edge, they said, well, let's go in and see if we can bring back word for the way that we should go. Let's continue. Verse 23. The thing seemed good to me, and I took 12 men from you, one man from each tribe, and they turned and they went up into the hill country, and they came to the valley of, you can read it right there on your own, and spied it out, and they took in their hands some of the fruit of the land and brought it down to us, and they brought us word again and said, it is a good land that the Lord our God is giving us. And so what their word, emphasized what God's word was, which is that when I'm calling you to something, it's for your good, right? It's for your good. If it's according to God's will, it's also for our good. Even if it doesn't feel like it, even if it doesn't seem like it, it's for our good. And so they went in, they saw that it was good, and they brought back a word so the people could also hear that it was good. But watch what happens. Yet, you would not go up but you rebelled against the command. The command is what God spoke. The command is the word of the Lord. The command is what they heard already. They knew his will, but they rebelled against it. Yet you rebelled against the commandment of the Lord, your God, and you murmured in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he's brought us out here in the land of Egypt to give us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where, where are we going to go up? Our brothers have made our hearts melt saying these people are greater and they're taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. And besides, we've seen the sons of Anakin. They're, Anakin, is that from Star Wars? Anyway, move on. And, and, they, and then I said to you, Do not be in dread or be afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. Isn't it interesting that at first the word was that the land is indeed great, that what God wanted to bring them into was a good land, and then the second word is that, but there's no way that we can take it. And so in the same breath, they speak hope as to the beauty of the promise that God made, and then they they speak doubt as to whether or not they can obtain the promise. And notice that it's with their words and with what all of God's people listened to that they now found themselves in a position of a choice. 
What will I do? Last passage here. And in the wilderness where you have seen how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son. All the way that you went until he came to this, until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, in spite of the word of God that he already gave you, in spite of the fact that you yourselves saw God show up and plague after plague prove his power. And with the 10th plague, the, the death angel flies over and you yourselves were saved by the Passover blood of the lamb put upon your doors. And do you remember that all of Israel, two and a half million slaves left Egypt and it says not one of them was feeble or sick? That's amazing. What they, what they felt even in their flesh was the living word of God speaking to their bones, giving them strength. And then he, he parts the water, leads them through it, leads them to the mountain Sinai, gives them them his words, his heart, his desire for them, leads them to the base of the land that he called them to go into. And then at that moment, they chose to disobey. And the way, notice the way the scripture describes rebellion is choosing not to listen to the word and believe the Lord. This is the Lord your God who went before you in the way to seek you out a place to pitch your tents in fire by night and a cloud by day. He already intended to show you by what way you should go. You see, God does want us to hear his voice. He does want us to know his will and to know the way that we are to accomplish his will. He wants to speak to us his will and the way to do it. But what disbelief does is it gets us to think not only that the promise or what God has called us to is bad for us, but it also gets us to distrust that God himself is even good anymore. And if you know the story, you know that they started begging Moses to lead them back into Egypt. Why? Because what they listened to changed from God's voice for his will and his way to the voice of man, to the voice of fear, to the voice of disbelief, and ultimately, the voice they listened to on the inside, in the, on the inside was the voice of disobedience. And so, I want to uh, just illustrate what it means, biblically speaking, to listen to God. When you're asking the question, how do I hear from God? I don't have the privilege, I, I have the privilege of knowing what you asked for, but I don't have the privilege, privilege of knowing why. I don't know why they asked that. I don't know if it's because, you know, man, you just really want that gift of prophecy and you wanna really hear from God so you can speak life into other people. I don't know if you, you wanna hear from God because you want those divine revelations of, of knowledge from the scripture and theology. I don't know if you wanna hear from God because you're, you're finding yourself in a place of, of trouble and distress in this season and you're praying and you're asking God, how am I gonna get through this season? I need to hear from you, God. I don't know why you're asking, but it's definitely a good question. And so I wanna just uh, play this video for you real quick because uh, this video illustrates what the scriptures mean 
when, when the Bible talks about hearing and listening to the voice of God. So let's play that video real quick. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Now the first word of the Shema is hear or listen, which in Hebrew is pronounced Shema. That's where the prayer gets its name. Now Shema is a really common word in the Hebrew Bible and it's obvious why. Hearing is a very universal activity. It's usually connected with the ear, as in Proverbs chapter 20, ears that Shema and eyes that see, the Lord has made them both. Now that seems basic enough, but if you look at the other ways that Hebrew authors can use the word Shema, they use it to mean more than just let sound waves enter your ear. In Hebrew, Shema can also mean pay attention to or focus on. So when Leah, who wasn't loved by her husband Jacob, she has a son and she names him Simon, or in Hebrew, Shimon, because she says, the Lord has Shamad, that I am unloved. So Shema means to hear and to pay attention to and even more. It can also mean responding to what you hear. This is why so many of the cries for help in the book of Psalms begin with a call that God listen. Psalm 27 verse 7, Shema my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful, answer me. So asking God to Shema is at the same time asking God to act, to do something. It's similar to when God asks people to listen. Like when the people of Israel come to Mount Sinai, God says, If you Shema me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Now there's a couple interesting things about this verse in Exodus. In Hebrew, the word Shema is repeated twice in this sentence to give it emphasis. If you Shema Shema, meaning listen closely. But also notice that from God's point of view, listening is basically the same as keeping the covenant. So when God asks the people to Shema, what he means is that they listen and obey. And that's the last fascinating thing about Shema. In ancient Hebrew, there is no separate word for obey, meaning to carry out the wishes of someone who knows better than you or is in authority over you. So in the Bible, if you want to say, I will listen and do what you say, you use the single word Shema. In Hebrew, listening and doing are two sides of the same coin. This is why later in Israel's history, when the people were breaking their covenant promises to God, the Hebrew prophets would say things like, they have ears, but they're not listening. The Israelites, of course, could hear just fine, but they weren't actually listening or else they would act differently. And so in the end, listening in the Bible is about giving respect to the one speaking to you and doing what they say. Real listening takes effort and action, and that's the Hebrew word Shema. Isn't that incredible? That for the Hebrews, they didn't have two separate words to listen and obey, it's the same word. This is the context with which Moses is approaching the people, having to give the law for the second time, the, the Deuteronomy, the second giving of the law, because here after wandering around the wilderness for 40 years, he's reached the edge of the land again for a second time, asking, inviting, pleading with the people, will you finally shema God's voice? Will you finally listen and obey and do what it is that he, he already told you? And now, I just have to tell you that 
as much as when I saw this subject, I wanted to preach about how to really tap into the prophetic voice of the Holy Spirit and what it, what it really means to hear from God living in the, the dispensation that we live in in a New Testament reality. The, the Holy Spirit lives in each one of us. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't just in one place anymore like it was for them. The Holy Spirit's in every one of us and I, I really would love to come to you and, and preach a message on tools and tips and things and ways to, to tap into that still soft voice of God. But, but in my prayer time this week, I felt the Lord lead me to this passage and I did really feel like I, I heard him want me to specifically preach on the thought. Not all of the new ways that you can hear from God, but to ask you the question, what have you already heard? And are you obeying it? What have you already listened to? What has he already spoken to you? I find this passage to be so incredible that it was so clear to them that they knew his will. And it's easy for us, isn't it, to look back, read the Bible and think, yeah, those, those stupid Israelites, like, just go into the land, there's huge grapes the size of your head or whatever, you know, like, come on, it's amazing. And why didn't you? But we do the same thing. I think sometimes it's not that we're not hearing from him. It's that what God is asking us to do is oftentimes a scary thing, an uncomfortable thing, a difficult thing. And so what we convince ourselves of is that, well, I'm not hearing from God when actually we are hearing from God and we just don't want to obey him. <laughs> now, obviously, that's not the case all the time for every one of us. But my guess is if you're anything like me, it's the case for every one of us some of the time. I know it's the case for me. I teach my kids to obey first time right away. And every time I ask them to obey my voice first time right away, I'm convicted, asking myself, do I obey my father first time right away when he asks? And so I just want to invite you to consider that. Now, because I do care pastorally, I'm going to give you five tips in closing, uh, five ways that we can hear from God and because it's okay if I do one more preacher joke? Come on, come on, they're going to be Q-tips, okay? Q-tips. I'm going to give you five Q-tips. That's good. Come on. You're laughing at home right now. I know that's good. Q-tips because, because you got to clean your ears out so you can hear from God. That's why. Come on. One Q-tip for each of you, okay? Five Q-tips to... Help us clean our ears out and hear from God. Number one, recognize that this is a war. This has been a war from the very beginning. Jesus even emphasizes this in John chapter eight when he says, 
The devil was a murderer from the very beginning. Why? Because he did not stand in the truth. The truth is something that you listen to. The truth is intangible. I've heard our president say even in this day and age that we're fighting an invisible war against this virus. I want you to know today that we are fighting an invisible war and it's way worse than a virus. It's the war of truth. What voice are we gonna listen to? It's the battle that people have been fighting all throughout time. It's the battle that Adam and Eve fought in the garden and every one of us has been fighting and is fighting right now. What voice are we gonna listen to? The voice of God or the voice of the devil, our flesh, or the world. This is a war that we're living in. If you wanna hear from God, you need to recognize that it's not just his voice you're, you're, you're straining to listen to, but there's so many other voices that are yelling in your ear right now. You need to know which voices to quiet, which voices to turn off. Turn off your cell phone sometimes. Turn off the social media. Turn off the news. Turn off the fear-mongering news that's out there. Turn off that boyfriend or girlfriend that's whispering that thing in your ear. Turn off anything that does not line itself up with God's word because we are in a war. And it is, the, the tactics of the enemy are way worse than any virus or atomic bomb or anything like that in the physical. It's the war is taking place right here. It's a war over truth. What are we gonna listen to, believe and act on? Tip number one, recognize that this is a war that we're in. Tip number two, desire the fullness of his counsel. If you wanna hear from God, you need to rebuke in yourself the desire to only hear from him what you already want to hear from him. You know, when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray this way. My Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And, and I don't wanna you know, hurt anybody's feelings, but I know this is true of me. If I'm honest, sometimes my prayer, even though I would never say this, sometimes my prayers are actually a little bit more like, my Father in heaven, let my kingdom come and let my will be done. Because that's how we pray sometimes. We go to God and we're begging him that he would accomplish our will. And we're listening sometimes for only the subjects that we want to listen to him from. And then, and then we find ourselves asking God, why am, I, why am I not hearing from you? And I just wanna encourage you as, as a pastor, if you're not interested in hearing from the fullness of his will and the fullness of his counsel, it's probably gonna be very difficult for you to hear on any of the specifics. Why? Because when we callous ourselves off intentionally to the voice of the Holy Spirit in this area, maybe it's our sex life, maybe it's our finances, maybe it's that relationship, maybe it's not, for some of you, maybe it's that he already told you there's a relationship that you're in right now that you shouldn't be in and you need to get out. You already know his will and he's already showed you the way, but you're going back into the land, searching it out, seeing if there's another will and another way. For others of you, you're in a relationship that you need to stay in and what you're asking God for is a word for a way out and he's not gonna give it to you. So when you're asking, God, why won't you speak to me? It's because he already did. He said, stay in that marriage. He said, fight for that marriage. He said, I already spoke to you. Do you hear what I'm saying? If we don't desire to hear from him on every subject, we, are gonna deafen our ears to his voice on the subjects that we're asking about. Q-tip number three. 
clean out your ears by recognizing the culture that we live in. I find it important in my life to just sometimes step back, analyze culture, analyze the era that I grew up in, and to recognize, even though we all like to deny that any of our surroundings, any of society has changed us or, or molded us, the truth is, to some degree or another, culture has shaped us. We need to recognize that the culture that we live in is a fast-paced culture, it's a next culture, it's a what's new culture. Seth, did you know this? There used to be four seasons, right, four. Yeah, you'd, you'd get winter clothes, and then you get spring clothes, and then you get summer clothes, and then you get fall clothes. But in the fashion industry, there are 52 seasons now. They wanna sell you a new outfit every single week of the year. And this is the same in every industry, right? We're taught to go through fast food. We're taught to microwave everything. We're taught to look for the new iPhone, the new car, the new this, the new that, the new, 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 new. And what God just might be saying is, I gave you a word two years ago at the sound. You don't need a new one. And I'm not saying that that's always the case. In fact, I do believe that God is always speaking to us. Listen, I'm obviously hitting the vein here, okay? Yes, God wants us to hear from him every day. But do you hear what I'm saying? That, it, that sometimes we're, we may be so used to hearing the new, looking for the new, asking for the new. We need to remember that if there's an old that is still in place that we haven't yet walked into, that promise and that request still stands. If he's already expressed his will and shown us the way, we need to do that. Tip number four, Shema, what has already been said. This is very close to tip number three. I just, I wanted to emphasize this biblical word for us to really think about if we're listening to God, for him, it means we're obeying. In other words, if we're disobeying God, we're not listening to God. And so if we wanna hear from him in new ways, we need to listen, which is to hear and obey of the things that he's already asked of us. And number five is this. Listen for relationship and then desires. This is what I mean. When we go to God in prayer, prayer is not an excuse to ask God for stuff, primarily. The point of prayer is relationship. It's, by the way, why Jesus prayed. You ever thought about that? Why did Jesus pray? Because it's all about relationship. The chief end that God has for us, his will, his word for you, I could prophesy, I could speak this to you right now, truthfully. If you wanna hear God's voice, this is his will for you. He wants to know you in real relationship. More than he wants to give you anything or answer any of, you, any of your specific requests, though he does, but more than any of those requests, he wants your heart in deep, intimate and personal relationship first. And so if we approach him in prayer and we just find ourselves asking for this and that and the other thing and begging and why am I not hearing from you? Would you just take a deep breath and say, God, I just wanna sit with you. 
I just wanna be with you. I found myself recently starting my prayer time just sitting. Before I ask, before I even start talking at all, I just sit. I put my phone on airplane mode and I just sit with him. And then I begin by thanking him and praising him. And that's not always the same. I, you know, I'm, I'm not like super holy or anything. Like we're all the same here. We're all in the same boat. The truth is we all have things that we need to ask him for. And don't get me wrong. He wants to hear from every one of your needs. He wants to hear from you about every one of your needs. Hear what I'm saying. He does want to hear from you. The scripture tells us clearly, right? It tells us to begin with thanksgiving, but then to bring, you know, to bring every prayer and supplication to God. We can. I just want to encourage you though, that there should be an order to this thing, not just in, in sequence of time, but in priority. The order of priority is relationship, that, that God would have the fullness of your heart and that you would seek the fullness of his heart. And then you bring to him the, I need the healing. God, you know I need the finances. God, you know I need a word about this relationship. You know, God, I'm reminding you of these needs that I have. He does wanna hear from you and he wants you to hear from him. But sometimes we get it all mixed up. And so I hope that you would take these these tips, these encouragements today. You'd think about your prayer life. You'd think about your devotion life. You'd think about your spiritual walk with the Lord. I hope and pray that you would, if you have not yet done this, that you would surrender the fullness of your will to the fullness of his will. If your life was a house, that there will be no room in that house that the door is shut to the Holy Spirit. That you open every door and you say, God, you have access to it all. Because I know that you're good and I know that anything that you ask of me is good. Now I wanna acknowledge, I fully agree, I get it. Sometimes what God asks us to do is difficult. The Israelites experienced it. Everybody on this stage has experienced it. You've probably experienced it. But we're in a battle here. You need to remember that when you face that moment, when you know that God's spoken to you, you know his will, don't let the voice of fear or doubt or disbelief disobedience. Don't let that voice be the voice that's louder in your head than the voice of God. Because it's easy for those voices to convince us that even though the promised land is good, it's not good for me. But if God is asking you to go there, if he's expressed his will and he's shown you the way, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how big the giants are, no matter how, how tall the cities are, no matter how scary it looks, no matter how difficult it is, it is both for your good and for his glory. He wants you to hear from him. 
He wants you to listen and obey to what he's already said. And he wants your heart to be soft and able to listen to the new things that he wants to say. It's not one or the other, it's both and. And so I'd like to uh, wrap this up just by praying for every one of us today that if there's any gunk in our spiritual ears, that God would help us to get those things cleared out. But also I'm gonna pray that, that you and I, that we would have the courage to do what he's already asked us to do. And that our hearts would be soft towards relationship first and obedience second. And so if you resonate with that, then I wanna invite you to pray with me right now because even though we're separated by distance, we're one in spirit and you could pray right along with me in your heart and God is gonna hear you and he is going to respond. Those that approach God in faith and belief and motivation to know his will, he responds to. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came more than in any other point in history, you came to bring the voice of heaven, the voice of God. We thank you, God, that all throughout history, through Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and through Moses and through your law, that all this time you were speaking. We thank you that when Jesus showed up, it wasn't just another man speaking on your behalf, that Jesus was God in the flesh, that we could hear your words straight from the source. And we thank you now that through what Jesus did, that we have the Holy Spirit with us speaking directly to us. That we don't need that golden phone that costs $10,000 a minute sitting in the corner of our office. We have something much better. We have the Holy Spirit right here with inside of us all the time. And so we ask Holy Spirit that you would help us to hear you. That if there's areas that we've closed off or calloused our heart to your voice, that you would help soften those calluses, that you help heal those areas, that you help us to uh, obey what it is that you've already spoken. I pray even Holy Spirit right now that you'd bring to remembrance in every person out there, bring to remembrance the things that you've already said to them that maybe they disobeyed or they forgot about. For every one of us, that you'd remind us of the things that you've asked us to do and that you would fill us with courage and ability to walk in those ways. And then I also ask that you'd speak to us afresh and anew. We thank you that you are a good shepherd and that you declared that your sheep, your followers, we will hear your voice and that you do want that for us. And so we thank you that you're speaking, that we can have access to your voice and your will and your heart. And so we invite it. We invite the fullness of who you are and we commit ourselves to you wholeheartedly. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.